Our scripture today is from Psalm 103. Um, we dealt with the first about half of that psalm in the call to worship and in the opening prayer. We're going to pick the psalm up now in verse 13. As a father has compassion for his children, so the Lord has compassion for those who fear him. For he knows how we were made. He remembers that we are dust. As for mortals, their days are like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field, for the wind passes over it and it is gone, and its place knows it no more. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him, and his righteousness to children's children, to those who keep his covenant and remember to do his commandments. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, O you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, obedient to his spoken word. Bless the Lord, all his hosts, his ministers that do his will. Bless the Lord, all his works, in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As we begin this sermon today, I want to uh, let you know that it is a participatory event, and there are a couple of things that you need to have in front of you. One is your bulletin. It needs to be open to the sermon notes page. You'll see there are some headings on that page. The other is an instrument of writing. So there are pencils, I believe, in the pews in front of you if you don't have a pen, but I invite you to take a moment and and locate both of those two things now, something to write with and the bulletin opened and ready to write on, else you'll be sitting in awkward silence when we do our writing here in the midst of, the, of this. So from the earliest times, God has been a God of blessing. We're looking at these next few weeks at at the title called um, Blessed to Be a Blessing. So we're starting that today as we look at Psalm 103 with see the blessing. Because it's only when we actually can acknowledge the blessings that then we can go on to be a blessing for someone else or in, in another circumstance. But God has been a God of blessing throughout all of human history. We read in Genesis chapter 12 that God called Abram, later he renamed him Abraham, God called Abram and told him to leave his home and to go to the place that God would show him. And he told him that he would give him a blessing and that he would give him descendants who would be as numerous as the stars in the sky. And then he said, you will be a blessing and in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. It has been God's business to be a God of blessing throughout all of time. And, and sometimes we can focus so much on what is wrong that we miss being able to have our eyes opened to the blessings that are. Uh, when I'm in my car, I'm usually listening to KSBJ ra- radio. And so a couple of times during this past week, I heard Pastor Greg Mott give, he gives these little 15-second Um, inspirational kind of moments and and in the one this week he was talking about being careful about the amount of trauma impact 
that you have in your life and being aware of that, of the trauma impact. And by that he meant, you know, when we watch the news, when we read the newspaper, um, sometimes when we look at, you know, our social media feed, there's so much bad news. There are so many things wrong um, all around the world and we take that in and we take that in and he's, what he says is that if you're not careful to monitor your trauma intake, you forget about all the good that is also in the world, that we focus so much on what is wrong that we'll miss those things that are beautiful and good and compassionate and loving. And so I, I loved that as I thought about today about seeing the blessing that sometimes it's hard for us to see because we just let ourselves be too impacted by that trauma impact that he was talking about. But these next three weeks, we want to call to mind all the blessings that we have and that we too are blessed to be a blessing. Uh, because when we rightly see ourselves first as recipients of blessings, then it becomes a little bit easier to envision ourselves as sort of like funnels. You know, the blessings come in, but they're meant to also go out. That we are also designed to be blessings through our actions. Um, with other people as well. So as we go through Psalm 103 today, we're, that's, the, that's the theme of what we're going to be looking at today is to be able to see the blessings. Oh, except my clicker isn't clicking. Okay. <laughs> um, as we go through the psalm, want you to notice that, it, that it's going to sort of move from a personal sense that was looking at like in the call to worship opening prayer then it moves broader to the us to the we to the community to the communal sense and then it'll make a move to the cosmic to the kingdom of god size and and it's a wonderful way to look at blessings as we look at that and and then in each time we'll be looking at what is your response as you're able to look at those blessings and so we first look at, um, and I apologize for the small print, but I'll, I'll tell you the parts of it I want you to pay attention to. He starts off, bless the Lord, O my soul. And then it gets into the blessings that, that were given, who forgives your iniquity, who heals your disease, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good and renews you like the strength of an eagle. We are recipients of blessings upon blessings in our lives. Um, God showers down his blessings first and foremost through the gift of his son, our Lord Jesus Christ. We have been blessed. We have been blessed to be called into God's family and forgiven and renewed. And, and God is closer to us in the very air that we breathe and we are able to receive blessings um, all the time. And so the question is what are those blessings that, that you can think of this morning? As a matter of fact, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 4, 7, what do you have that you did not first receive? And if you received it, why do you boast as if it were not a gift? What a great question. And so I want you to take just a moment to write onto your bulletin in the personal section, what are some of the personal blessings that you can acknowledge as having come from God?
And I'll invite you to take your bulletin home and continue this exercise throughout the week in your times of devotional. As we move to the next part of the psalm, we, we make a move from the personal to the community, to the communal. And we hear that the Lord works vindication for all who are oppressed. You see this movement out. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those, again, this sense of community who fear him. As far as the east is the west, so far he removes our transgressions from us. He has compassion on his children, on those who fear him, because here, for he knows how we are made. He remembers that we are dust. And, and it goes on to talk about our own mortality. You see, God knows how we are put together. And yet, God is at work in the work of redeeming. And he is forever at work in the, in the work of redeeming the world. He is at work in such a larger way than what we can see on our own. He understands our human condition. He knows how we were made, and yet he chooses to work in and among us for the redemption of the world. Jesus said when he was starting his public ministry, he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That was Jesus's personal mission statement. And it is outward directed toward the world. God is at work all in our world. And the question is, where do you see God at work? I think of like teachers, probably because my daughter is a teacher and she's special ed, but I, I think of teachers and the ways that they make an impact for the good on the students that they have throughout their career. I, I think about others that are, that are maybe coaches or that have, have to do with children and the impact or those who are out working for justice out in the world. I think about our own church and the way that, that we have been uh, an agent of God's redeeming of the world and of healing of the world. Uh, you just have to look at our boxes of mashed potatoes or think of the water, the ways that we are in outreach to the world about God's work of redemption and healing in the world. And so I want you to take just a moment and think, where do you see the actions of God at work in the world? Where do you see that goodness, those works of healing, those works of justice? Where do you see those in the world? Write those down.
And then we see the psalmist make the move to the cosmic, I call it, the, the larger part of this. And we, and we read, the steadfast love of the Lord is from when to when? Everlasting to everlasting. Um, his righteousness is extended to his children's children. He's established his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom rules over all. So you see this, this great, uh, the cosmic redemption and the, that side of God. And so here's your seminary words for the day. God is both imminent and transcendent. God is imminent. God is closer to us than the air that we breathe. He is intimately acquainted with us. We are able to experience God's presence in the here and the now through his spirit. And God is transcendent. God is greater than anything we could ever think about God. He's more large, greater than that. From everlasting to everlasting, God always has been God always will be. Our brains can't get that. We can't comprehend the vastness and the greatness of God. <clears throat> and, and so he is at work as well in the, in the greatest um, cosmic sense. And we get to be a part of God's everlasting story. We read in Revelation, uh, again, I apologize for the small print, I the, the end in Revelation 21, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne, saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. For the first things have passed away. The next place under the cosmic is what is your hope for the age that is to come? What are your words of hope that are God's blessings for the age to come? And then I love it, the psalmist breaks into this wonderful doxology. Bless the Lord, all his angels. Bless the Lord, all his hosts. Bless the Lord, all his works. <laughs> okay, can't go to that one. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Bless the Lord. Named the blessings throughout the rest of the psalm. And when we recognize blessings, it always, always calls for a response. Um, and, and I believe that, that generosity as one of those responses is something that God wants for us and not from us. When we rightly understand ourselves as recipients of blessings, we then are going to 
let those flow through us and be generous in our actions, in our giving of love, in our works of mercy, in our financial resources. Those are given to us to use for God's purposes. Our theme